I was very inspired by your episode last week on motorcycles. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. It was a really good one. And I've got a bit of a follow-up on it. Uh, It builds on the topic of niching, uh, but it looks specifically at customer types. Um, Mm. And so today we're going to talk about how to create a customer persona for your business. Because we kind of glossed over that a little bit when we mm. talked about niching. We're like, yeah, make sure you niche. Yeah. Select the right customer and, yeah. and give them everything they want. Yeah. But how do you know? How do you know what they want? How do you know who they are? Exactly. So, that's why that's what we're going to talk about today. How to create a customer persona, figure out who they are, what cool. they want. All right. So, um, I actually ran through this, at this same exercise, creating a customer persona with a client of ours recently. And it was... Um, at first, and I'm, I mean, I'll, I'll even say myself, when I first started learning about customer personas, I was skeptical. Mm. But when we got into it, it really helped us picture who are we talking to, who are we selling to, what does this person want, how can we appeal to them personally? Why were you skeptical and why was the client skeptical? I was, no, I was skeptical like ages ago, like years ago when I was first, I think you were talking to me about this mm. and I'd, I'd heard about it previously, but I thought, oh, it sounds a bit wishy-washy to mm. me and not not data-driven enough. Mm. Um, there is a bit of a temptation with marketing, especially digital marketing. Digital marketers, they go, well, if, if, I, if, I, if I don't have something I can add to my dashboard about it, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, but treating marketing and branding like a science is... Um, I feel like it's like uh, they're grasping for the metric that they can track because it is a bit of an art as well. Like yeah. I think it's almost more of an art than a science half the time. Yeah, um, I know what you mean. It it does feel a bit messy sometimes when you're making decisions because it feels right. Yeah, but it's um, only very recently that it's that it's everything has to be um, concrete that this idea has come through. I think with social media and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah. anyway. Okay, so what we're going to do today, we're going to talk we're going to define what customer personas are. Yeah. And then I've got eight questions that we can ask to create a really good one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's uh, let's dive in. So a customer persona, um, you can think of it like a, a very targeted brainstorming session. Mm-hmm. So when you're creating a customer persona, what you're doing is you're trying to uh, take a snapshot of the type of customer that you think will buy from your business or use your services mm-hmm. so um how specific do you get with this well ideally the m- the more specific the better um but this technique does work regardless of how much information you have on your customer so for example when i was working with our client the other week she was just starting her business and didn't have that many direct contacts with her prospective customers mm-hmm. so I said to her, I said, hey, it's okay. We're going to brainstorm based on what we know at the moment. And then once we get more information, once we have more conversations with these people, we'll add to it. Mm. Um, you can easily update it. And you almost should be constantly updating it. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is why it's important, I guess, to gather data once you are selling to mm. customers. Yeah, exactly. And then you come back to it and you can add that data in yeah. and create a better picture. So... What you're going to have on a customer persona is things like, okay, how old are they? What's their occupation? Uh, what are their interests? What do they value? Uh, what's a, a few key moments in their life that you know have really uh, changed how they interact with products and services? Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially, you're creating a bit of like a um, you know like a dating profile for yeah. them. Yeah, you know, I like to ask you know what keeps them up at night. 
another common one is like jobs to be done. Like, okay, it's a, uh, it's, you know, on a Monday, what do they have to do on a Tuesday? And you can go like, you could go Tuesday, Wednesday, like you do the whole week or mm. you even do just in the morning, what do they have to do? What does their morning look like? And you go minute one. You can really dive deep. Yeah, you can go as deep as you want to. And some of this stuff is like, wow, that's a lot of like effort to go to. But then when you realize that, oh, my target customer actually always rides uh, to work. That's in, that's an insight that can actually give you so many ideas around products and services and all of that kind of stuff that you could serve to them as well. Um, mm. Just that one fact alone. Yeah, you're heading in the right direction. Why is this useful for your business? And you actually mentioned this on um, the Mutt Motorcycles episode as well. Mm. Is um, What was that line about the rider's block? What are you talking to people? Oh, you never get rider's block when you are speaking face-to-face with someone. Yeah, exactly. So, that statement is what actually inspired this episode. The reason you create a customer persona is to make it feel like you're almost face-to-face with these people. Yeah. So, when you're writing your marketing copy on your website or you're making a flyer or you're posting something on social media, it's not this really hard grind Mm. like it normally is. It, It should flow effortlessly because you... You've got this profile and you go, okay, I know exactly who this person is, what they like, what they dislike, you know, yeah. what problem they're trying to solve. So, I'm just going to write copy to address that. Yeah. And if you've got like a blog or whatever and you know that your target customer is Sandra is the name you've given her or whatever, um, or maybe that is a name of an actual customer you've had um, and you know she's got two kids and that she works from home, you can write your copy around your, like you can write your blog posts specifically talking about hey here's what you do when your kids are at home with you while you're trying to work or whatever like because you yeah. know all of these things about them yeah yep exactly um, and um and w- uh, one more example is um it helps you set prices too because if you do this exercise and you realize that your customers are earning uh 80 grand plus mm. per year mm. you don't need to and they're in a dual income household or whatever yeah and they're yeah, dual income. You don't need to create a budget product and you don't need to like lowball the competition. You know, instead yeah. you can focus on making a really high quality product that solves the problem exactly um, and charge what it's worth. Yeah, and knowing that they like Apple or for example um, means that you know that, hey, if I actually invest more into making this product really accurate, really nice, um, and there's a lot of this sort of quality feeling to it, that's really going to resonate with them because they're already spending a lot more money on a product purely because of things like how it looks and the design sensibility behind it and all of that. Yeah. And so let's, okay, we've talked a little bit about what it is. Um, let's make this tangible. Let's actually go through what you would include yep. in, a, in a customer persona. Uh, so I've got kind of eight headings here. You kind of mentioned it before. You can go as deep as you want with this. You could have 15, 20, 30 different headings or questions that you answer. I've stuck with eight for this one because, um, I mean, it is sometimes a bit of a daunting task. And like, I, as I said before, when I felt, when I first heard about it, I thought, oh, is this really going to be that useful? So, I think this number is, is perfect. It doesn't require too much of your time. It might take half an hour tops to fill it out. So... Uh, first thing you start with is, of course, a name. Um, name for the person. A name for the person. Right. So, this one, I don't know, seems a bit silly, maybe. But it's just, uh, I see it as a really good way to just categorize it. Yeah, and if you're talking about your customer in the in the, in the um, future, 
you've got you've got a name to call them instead of just going our customer does this mm. our customer does that yeah what does persona one think in this situation yeah yeah and i actually think yeah i agree with you it's can can kind of seem like the thing that, a thing that's a bit silly to do like why am i going to come up with a name but um it's it's like a good first step in getting yourself in the mindset of no i've got to be specific about this stuff yeah this yep. isn't just woman in her mid-20s this is the name i always use is sally this is sally in her mid-20s yeah yeah exactly and then it helps you get into the mindset where um you add you flesh out everything that you're that you're writing in for this persona because it's not you know woman in mid-20s anymore it's sally's tuesday what does sally do on her tuesday yeah um so that's the first step come up with a name really doesn't matter what the name is um just make it something memorable part two this almost goes from uh easiest to hardest i think these these headings Mm -hmm. so the second heading is uh the basic demographics so that's their age and again if you can be specific choose an actual age if you have an age range in mind like 25 to 34 uh, just choose an age within that Mm. we want to be as specific as possible with these things then gender of course male female you, i mean you could even go like how do they identify or who do they identify with in this section you mm. know it could be sex and gender mm-hmm. you know up to you then we've got occupation again we want to be really specific here so uh if instead of putting teacher down you could put primary school teacher or high school teacher because i mean it makes a big difference those two different careers yeah and even how long they've been doing it for yeah yeah, yeah. Then we've got income, education level, uh, their physical location. Where do they live? Is it a specific city? And if it is, where in that city do they live? Are they in a city? Are they out in the suburbs? Yeah. And good example for this one is, imagine if you said, hey, listen, our, um, our, our customer is uh, in the inner city. And because of that, we know it takes them 10 minutes to get to work. And because of that, if we're going to start a podcast, that podcast should be roughly 10 minutes long as opposed to making, um, you know, a 40-minute or a two-hour one where they're going to, you know, because if they're going to listen to it on their commute to work, which is where I imagine a lot of people listen to their podcasts, you know, they only have 10 minutes. Mm. It'll take them days otherwise to get through it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's just one example of how something like that might affect the decisions you make. Yeah. And then we've got um, the final one for basic demographics is relationship status. So, uh, do they have a partner? Are they married? Are they engaged? Uh, do they have any kids with that partner? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you could, you really could dive into this and say a bit about who their partner is. What's their occupation? What's their age? How much do they earn? Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to keep it simple. So, that's, it's extra credit if yep. you do that. So, that's the basic demographics. That's basic demographics. So, the third heading we've got uh, is their biography. This one, I mean, you could actually leave this to last, but basically, this is just a sentence or two, or you could do dot points, that just summarizes their key life experiences. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you could have Sally. Uh, she's 48 now, but when she was 22, she got in a car accident, and that's really affected her relationship with motor vehicles and that kind of thing. And if you're an insurance business, that's a really important experience to know yeah right compared to uh say we've got you know andrew who he's 30 he's never been in a car accident in his life 
you, the way you speak to both of them, yeah, very, very different if you're trying to sell insurance. Yeah, and so and then like you go, okay, well, if we're Volvo and we want to target people who think that safety is important um, because that's what we prioritize when we build our cars. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Yeah, there you go. So um, again, make it relevant. Like uh, would this kind of focus this around what's the product that you're actually selling and create some life experiences around this. I mean, yeah, so maybe write their bit biography in relation to how it's relevant to what yeah. you're doing. Yeah, I mean, you don't need to put in when they, you know... Lost their first tooth or whatever. Yeah, 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 that kind of stuff. All right, next one. Fourth heading is their values. So this is their principles or standards of behavior or just simply what they judge to be important in life. So, and we're now starting to get into the psychographics of it. Yes, yeah, uh, exactly. This is one of my future episode ideas, which is demographics versus psychographics, because I think a lot of people seem to be able to handle the demographics pretty easily, which is mm. the basic stuff of like, you're a certain age, you, this is your gender, yep. this is where you live, all that kind of stuff. But then uh, when you add psychographics in, which is like how people think, what they feel, what they believe, all of that stuff, you can um, you can start to find that, hey, even though this person is 50, they actually have more in common with a with a 25-year-old because of their psychographics and the values that they mm. both hold. Yeah, and so, yeah, exactly. And I do think psychographics is definitely more important um, or at least motivates people more yes. than their demographics. Yeah, Perhaps in the past, this was a bigger thing. Like people were, because they had less access to information yeah like pre-internet days you kind of did know the same information and had the same values as people in your age bracket yeah like mass media like um, everyone's yeah. getting their news from the tv and watching the same tv shows on the same yeah six exactly. channels or whatever so uh, yeah i think i think maybe since the internet this has changed but yeah definitely so this is this is where we get into this is more difficult than demographics but really important yeah okay so um what they what they judge to be important. So you can be you can talk about things like um, how do they handle their money? Do they make budgets every month, or do they just get their pay and whatever's left they'll transfer into savings? Yeah. So you can talk about how they interact with technology. You know, are they an early adopter or are they a laggard? Fucking laggard. <laughs> <laughs> how do they address like eating out versus dining in? Uh, you know, are they spiritual or religious? Do you know? Do the if they are religious, do they go to church every week, or is it just you know once every three months or once a year, maybe? Yeah. Um. So really, there's an unlimited amount of categories that you can talk about here. Yeah. And it really is about okay, what is the most important thing in this person's life, and what do they hold to be so valuable that it that it affects the way they act? Yeah, and um. I do feel like with this kind of stuff, once you get started, it all just keeps flowing. Yeah. But if you are struggling to get started trying to define some of these things, think about the things that are, again, directly relevant to your product. If you're selling security cameras or whatever, um, what, are the, what, are the, what are the facts and the, the values and stuff that, that the customer has that are going to affect their buying behavior around security cameras? Yeah. So, yeah, that could be things like, uh, what's the installation process? Is it get it out of the box? set it up it's done or do yeah. they need to like hardwire it in so yeah that's a that's a really good tip all right moving on we've got our fifth heading which is their interests which this is similar to their values but this is kind of um how do their values manifest and what what do they do on a daily weekly monthly basis what are their hobbies mm-hmm. that kind of thing so 
uh, again, you can get really deep into this and you can say, you know, every Tuesday, uh, Brad meets up with the boys and has a pizza and watches the latest episode of The Mandalorian or something. Mm. Um, you really aged this episode right now. <laughs> We're going to be listening in 2024. Hey, there are going to be Tuesdays in 2040, all right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so that could be things like, you know, what websites or books or TV shows do they watch regularly? Uh, what groups they're part of, and that's both online and offline. Yeah, and we will see that their values interact with their interests, right? So if mm. one of their values is it's important to be healthy, one of their hobbies might be I jog every day. Yeah, or I'm uh, part of a fitness class or yeah. like, you know, kickboxing or something. Yeah. And so if you're creating this as you're going, and again, you're having to fill in the blanks rather than having just the perfect customer that you can just use as a reference point, and you're finding that these things start to contradict each other, probably gotten one wrong along the chain mm. of of values to hobbies and interests to behaviors, you know, all of that sort yeah. of stuff. So that's something to watch out for. Yeah, your values or the values of your persona is kind of like the foundation and everything that comes after that will, will build on that yep. naturally. Okay, so then once you've written down a, a huge big list of their interests... This could be where you put their schedule that you were talking about before. Mm-hmm. You can put this in that in this section. Uh, the next section is their goals. So this is really quick. Um, what's a short-term goal they've got? What's a long-term goal? Yeah. Okay. So I've got some examples, a short-term goal, a long-term goal. I'll just give you ones I've got right now. So my short-term goal is basically just to eat better and to lose weight. And my long-term goal is to not die. <laughs> Ideally ever, but um, I'm willing to take... 112 if I have to, 112 years old. So I'll tell you how this is affecting my buying behavior. My short-term goals... Oh, eat- so these are your personal goals? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, right. Yeah. I just Sorry, I, yeah. Did you even I listen just, when yeah, I, I mean, tell you, you about my life? Yeah, did. <laughs> I was telling you about this before we started recording. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, the way that it affects my short-term buying behavior is that I'm buying a whole lot less um, chips and I'm buying a lot more chicken eggs vegetables and all that sort of stuff so if you're finding people who have a short-term goal to like lose weight or to to eat better you know you're going to be able to know their buying behavior is changing as well Mm. yeah good good examples yeah really good examples okay so that and again that could be real short just like you've done you don't really need to go any further than that yeah just something that's going to guide this person over the next you know five and ten and twenty years yep Okay, so our second last heading that we've got is uh, your persona's fears. So, what keeps them up at night? Mm-hmm. This is uh, this doesn't have to be related to your product or service. Yeah, this is kind of like I mean, think about it. Like, if something's keeping you up at night, it's causing you daily stress. I can give you another really good example for this one. That I'm just full of them today. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this I think really highlights it really well. Right. So I am I'm now 31, which is terrible. To say out loud. Yes, um, That keeps me up at night. Anyway, so I'm getting a lot of ads on my Facebook about like, bro, you're losing your hair, bro. Like, get take some medicine mm. for it. And That is true. It's Well, it's gone now because I shaved, <laughs> shaved it off. But this is fascinating, right? Because um, you can see the line that they've drawn from what keeps someone up at, up at night to the marketing that they're doing. So, you know, someone losing their hair, they're going, oh my God, my hair's falling out. Oh my God, girls aren't going to like me anymore. I'm... I'm going to end up alone because I don't have hair anymore. Like this is what goes through guys' heads. Mm. And then on the ads that I see on my Facebook feed, there's a guy with really thick hair and he's smiling and there's a woman standing next to him and she's like running her hands through his hair yeah. and she's smiling. She's loving it. Sexy lady. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, bro, 
hair. You could get this. You could get this, bro. This could you, be you. You need to have hair, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, otherwise yeah. you're going to... So the thing that's keeping you up at night that girls won't be attracted to you anymore if you don't have hair is actually what we're ref- what we're serving back to you in the mm. ads because we know that's the thing that keeps you up at night. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So this is, again, a big thing. You know, yep. this is not just, oh, shit, like... Um, am I gonna f- am I gonna forget to go to the shops tomorrow? Yeah, to pick up some you know peanuts. Yeah, and, and this is uh, something that keeps you up at night when you think about it. Is something that you probably haven't taken enough action on, so it's unlikely to actually affect your daily behavior. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like a bruise that you can push on in a way to kind of get a response. Yeah. So yeah. so it's like, hey, this this thing's keeping the person up at night. They're not really doing anything about it. If you actually give them marketing or, or, or you talk to them in a way that goes, hey, I know that you're worried about this and I can actually help mm, you with it. That's a good point. That's going to help them actually take action yeah. on it. And Hey, we understand you. Yeah, we get it. You know? Yeah. It's not, it's not, a, it's not an unfounded fear, but here's your solution. Yeah, and you, obviously you want to you be ethical about the way that you interact with people because of this stuff. Mm. Um, but... You know, if you're if you're genuinely helping someone, I think it's your resp- your responsibility to let them know about it. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, so that's that's uh, that's a sort of an example of how fears can reflect to the ads that you're serving yeah. your customers. Yep. Okay, so then our last heading is uh, it's kind of like a series of rapid fire questions that you can ask about your personas buying behaviors as it relates specifically to your solution or the problem that they're having that your solution solves. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'm just going to rattle these off. And again, when you're filling these out, you can make them, you know, one dot point, one sentence, paragraph, you know, up to you. So, uh, you know, question one, what was causing your persona pain prior to using your solution? So, you know, say you're selling hair loss stuff, just like you said, it's that, you know, they're not going to find a date to the ball. Yeah. Question two. To the ball? <laughs> Question two, how did your persona address their problem before your solution? Because uh, I think that's that's an interesting question because just because your solution might be the best option doesn't mean your persona hasn't been trying to have a makeshift solution in the meantime. So, your persona's got no hair, they've been buying a shitload of hats. Yeah, where they're a hat guy now. Yeah, they're a hat guy. Question number three, uh, what triggered your persona's search for a solution? So, again, this could be that, you know what? It might not have even been that much of a concern for them prior to this trigger, but then someone said... One of their dickhead friends went, Oh, bro, do you ever take that hat off, bro? Yeah, exactly. That And, you, and then you <laughs> add that to what keeps them off at night. Yeah. Question number four, what are the top three factors influencing your persona's decision to pay for a solution? So what is actually going to stop them from buying your product or service? So that could be things like price. Wait, so is this stopping them from... Or, well, not influencing. I mean... So it could be the top three factors that are influencing, like that are making them more likely. Yeah, exactly. So it could be price, it's really cheap, or price, it's too high. Mm. You know, it could be quality. The two big ones, we always talk about those two. Um, It could be who else is buying it. Yeah, and I'm getting to the I'm getting to the point where I mentioned koala in the episode. <laughs> <And> <laughs> koala's 120 nights 
um, yep. refund situation mm. where it's like, wow, mattress, I don't know the brand. I can't lie on it in the store. That's really stopping me from actually making the purchase. Yeah. And then so Koala go, hey, we know you're worried about that. 120 nights you can try it for and return it. No questions asked. Yep. Yeah. So top three, positive or negative. They're all important. And then the last question on our rapid fire series is what's your persona's biggest fear in using a solution like yours? So, I mean, Koala, we look at that. It could be, hey, this mattress is is shit. Mm. And that's why I don't want to use it. Or what if it's shit and mm. I've spent over $1,000 on it? Yeah. So, it could be something like that. Or uh, maybe the hair loss thing. What if it doesn't work? Yeah, well, guys, there's there's a certain medication that one of the side effects is erectile dysfunction. Mm. And uh, all the guys are like, what if my, what if my dick stops working? Yeah. Um, and they don't use it. You're not using it anyway. Yeah, so that's what they say in the ad. Listen, bro, don't worry about your dick not working. No girls like you anyway without hair. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes your personas can be pretty dumb, but that's fine. That's all part of the process. <laughs> okay, and then so that's it. So Okay, um, so it's quite a long list, right? I'm sure that people can't even remember the first one. Okay, so I've actually got a printable worksheet of this, this framework, um, but let's just... We'll run through each of the headings. Cool. Uh, just one more time. Okay, so number one, their name. Very important, as discussed. Number two, basic demographics. Very Thanks. important, as discussed. <laughs> <laughs> number three is their biography. Number four, what do they value? Number five, what are their interests and hobbies? Number six, what are the, what's their short and long-term goal? Number seven, uh, what's their fear? What keeps them up at night? And number eight is our rapid fire series of questions. Yeah. Five of them in total. And like you said at the start of the episode, um, there are so many different ways you can do this. There's yeah. so many different headings you can use. Uh, the, the important thing is that you just, you have enough that cover enough ground basically. Yeah. And you can add your own questions in. Yeah. Like if you are in a very unique industry, which I mean, we all think we are, you just add something that's specific. Yeah. Specifically related to your customers. Yeah. Yeah. As I said, I've got I've got a PDF for it. It's going to be in the show notes. Um, you'll have to go to our website to download it. Obviously, like click through on your on your podcast player. But basically, the point of a customer persona is just to get a really good starting point of who your customers are or who they're going to be. Yeah, and you're moving away from guessing what's going to work mm-hmm. to making educated guesses about what's going to work. Yeah, and. Yep. L- Marketing, especially digital marketing, is pretty much about making doing a lot of little experiments, a lot of educated guesses, learning something new, tweaking it, learning something new again, you know, and going in that in that sort of direction. So it's really good to have things like this that just give you a little bit more certainty each time. Yeah, exactly. And if you do uh, download the worksheet, write something out on it, um, send it through to us. Yep. Where would they send it? They send it to info at modular.studio. Cool. Um, yeah, if you got any questions, this is actually I really I really do love customer personas now. It really helps us in our work yeah. as well. When we work with a client and say, okay, let's figure this out for you. Yeah, it makes every other step of creating the brand that much easier. Yeah, and it it also keeps the focus away from the the, the business owner's own opinions and um, likes and dislikes. Yes, yeah. it keeps the focus where it belongs, which is on their customer. Mm, exactly. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty good, Rob. Thanks for that. Um, I, yeah, I liked it. Thank you. High praise. Yeah. (laughs) 
All right, we'll see you all next week. See ya.